So good morning, beloved. Okay. So the topic of my message is more, you are more than a conqueror. Amen. And uh, some of you have taken some of the scriptures that I will be using. We are one. Okay. So if I have received it, you all have received it. <laughs> okay. All right. So the father loves you so much. He loves you. And he's now, right now, smiling at you. Amen? Okay. So um, last week, uh, David took the message and he shared something really beautiful. The heart of our father. Okay. He said, he shared this little uh, illustration. He created, invented a device, okay? The device which he loved, he used, he cherished, and he celebrated. But this was till the time a son was born of him, born of his genetics and his characteristics. And he loved the son way above what he loved his creation. So that is our father's heart. We are, not we are not created. We are born of God. We are born of him. So how much more will he pour all his love, give us all that he has to us compared to the creation which has been put to the side. That is the love of our Father for us. Okay, now it says in the word that we are born of God, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Okay, so now if we are born of God, born from above, we now ca carry the characteristics of God, which is overcoming, overcomer. He's an overcomer, so are we. We have the power in us to overcome. We have the law of life, which overcomes sin and death. Daily, we face our lives as overcomers. Okay? Now, John 3.16 says, that God so loved us that he gave up his only begotten son, that we who believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved us, he gave his one precious son, he paid the price with the life of his son, to purchase you back to himself. That was his greatest desire, so that today we reign in this life as kings. We live this life as overcomers and as more than conquerors. 
Okay, this wasn't a random plan. This wasn't random. This was already planned before the world was created, before the foundations of the world, you were already, all of you were already chosen, set apart and predestined that you will live this life as overcomers. This is the love story of our father. The redemption story is a love story where he reconciles us back to himself, to the father. Now, this story was planned by the Father, executed by Jesus the Son, and today the Holy Spirit reminds you that you are a son of God. Okay, now you already know. You are born of God. You are born overcomers. You are born more than conquerors. But I'm going to show you from the word how we are more than conquerors. Okay? Let's read Ephesians 1.15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, Paul is praying that we we get a revelation, okay, of what Christ did on the cross, of who we are in Christ and what are our inheritances. Okay, he's praying this. And it goes on to say, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Okay, hear this. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand, the Father's right hand, in the heavenly places, far, where is this? Far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the ages to come. Okay, and he put how many things? All things, all these things under Jesus' feet. The Father put it under Jesus' feet and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Okay? Now put a finger on this. I will come back to the scripture later. Now we will go to the foundations. Foundation. Okay, so I will start from the foundation and show you. Now, in the Garden of Eden, what happened? Adam partakes of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam falls, then sin, death, curses, judgment, condemnation, all these things come enter the world. Okay, now Jesus comes 
to redeem us back from that. Okay? So fast forward to the garden of Gethsemane. Now Jesus is in prayer. He prays, Father, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Okay? So after that, he goes to the cross. And what does he do? He pays the price. He pays the penalty. He satisfies the requirements of the law. He nails it on the cross. He takes on God's anger, judgment, wrath on himself. He takes on all your sins, your entire lifetimes of sins on himself. He takes on your curses, your diseases, your bondages, your poverty, your lack, all on himself. And he nails it to the cross once and for all. Okay? And then he sheds his blood for the forgiveness of all your sins, all our sins. Now, the shedding of the blood started even at the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay? Where he starts, as he's praying, he starts sweating blood. Now, this blood, this bloody sweat, redeems you from the sweat of your brow. That is labor that is not blessed by God. Okay? Now, that sweat, that bloody sweat, also drops on the ground, redeeming you from the cursed ground to a blessed ground. So wherever you are, that ground is blessed. Amen? Okay. Now, after this, so once everything has been uh, nailed to the cross, just before he lays down his life, he says, it is finished. Okay? Now, we keep using this term, finished work, finished work. But what is the finished work? The cup that Jesus mentions, okay, the cup, that symbolic cup, which was filled. I'm going to repeat all this again, so it reconsolidates in your mind. This cup was filled with your sins, your condemnation, your guilt, judgment, your poverty, your disease, all your bondages, all your addictions, all death, okay, all um, judgment, all these were, was poured away forever. It was set away forever, cancelled, put away on the cross once and for all. And because of that, today you are the beneficiaries of what Jesus did on the cross and you are the recipients of the good life, the blessings of God, your divine health, your abundance, your prosperity, your liberty, freedom, your peace, your joy, your favor and the order in your lives. You Currently, you are just receiving and enjoying it because of what Jesus, that one act, perfect act of Jesus on the cross. This is the finished work. It's called tetelestai in Greek. It means that debt is over, 
the sentence is served and the battle is fully won. So you are in a position of victory today because of that, the finished work. Amen? Now, Romans 5.17, it says, For if by one man's offense, Adam's offense, death reigned through that one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in this life through the one Jesus Christ. Okay, so if in the old there were overcomers, much more are we, more than overcomers, more than conquerors now, through the one Jesus Christ. The heroes of the old had to do something to overcome. But today we, do we need to do anything to overcome? It's already been done for us. Okay, now we come back to the cross. We'll continue from there. So Jesus lays down his life. He gets, uh, then Jesus is buried. Then he goes down to the depths of hell and he snatches the keys of death and hell. It's in his hands. And he resurrects and is raised by the Father on the third day and seated in the heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. Okay, we'll stop at that first. Now, Revelation 1.18 says, I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. Why? Because I hold the keys of death and hates. That's uh, hell. Okay? So the keys of death is now in the hands of Jesus. Now Hebrews 2.14 Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same so that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. And free those, free all of us who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. So Jesus, what did he do? He conquered death, the last enemy. He conquered death. He defeated death through death. He used death as the weapon, okay? It's just like how David, after killing Goliath with a sling and stones, he chopped off Goliath's head with Goliath's own knife. It's the same thing, okay? And now Jesus has dominion over death. Death has no dominion over Jesus, okay? Now I have narrated this whole thing. I have a question for you. So where are you in all this? Come on. <laughs> Beloved is a smart church. Where are y'all? In Christ. Okay. Where did it start? Come on. On the cross. Okay. Let me just read a little bit here. Okay. Romans 6 says, or do you not know that as many of us, 
uh, of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. Okay, then it goes on to say, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And then, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So, it all started on the cross. You in Christ, on the cross. So, what happens on the cross? Your Adamic self, your old life, your Adamic life, all that's uh, pertaining to that life, everything was nailed to the cross. You died on the cross. Then you were buried with Jesus. You were raised on the third day. You were also raised with Jesus. And you were made to be seated, not standing, not walking, seated in Christ on the right hand of the Father. Now, where is this position? Okay, this is, can I have this? Okay, one, one diagram. Down? Okay, bus. This is far. Okay, you are seated far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, all demons, Satan, devil, and all the names that can be named in this age and in that that is to come. Give me names. Come on, give me names. Names of your problems. Give me names. Cancer. Then demonic manifestations. So what is that? Diabetes. Bad relationships. Chronic diseases. Names, names, okay? So I'll give you some names. Addictions, okay? Adultery, alcoholism, drug abuse, domestic violence, pornography, lust, okay? All your curses that is named, all the diseases that is named, all your problems that have a name, all your situation and crisis that have a name, all your bondages, all the curses and all your lack, your financial crisis, marital problems and bad relationships, all this, okay? You are far above all this. And what does your father do? He puts all these things under your feet. Where are these things? Under your feet. And he makes you the head head over all these things. Today you have power, dominion, authority over all these things. Amen? So now, this is your position. This is who you are. This is the new creation. You are more than conquerors because you are seated in the Messiah, okay? The name above all names, and none of this can touch you. Amen? Okay. Now, <clears throat> what does more than a conqueror mean? Okay. In Greek, there is, it's only one word. It is hooper nikau. 
Okay? That, so Hooper, Hooper and Nikau is more than a conqueror, and it means overwhelmingly victorious, okay, in surpassing victory. So you are seated here, overwhelmingly victorious in surpassing victory. Today, you need, you address your life from this position of overwhelming, surpassing victory. Like Jigar said, everything will come into alignment in your path. Amen? Okay. <clears throat> now, all of you, where are you seated now? <laughs> Smart, beloved. <laughs> there was a trick question. <laughs> okay, you're seated on a chair, but you're seated in Christ. Now, take a moment and just not imagine, but be conscious that you are in Christ, seated in Christ. Okay, just take a moment. All of you. Now, I'm going to move on to the next exercise. <laughs> okay. As I'm going to tell you all these truths, I want you to receive and to be attentive. Beloved is an attentive church and receives truths. <laughs> okay. Now, so this position where you have overwhelming victory, surpassing uh, victory, okay, this is known as being in Christ, in Him, okay? Now, from the moment you accepted Jesus, He took you out of the kingdom of darkness and He placed you in the kingdom of His Son. That is where the kingdom is, in His Son, okay? Now, you died. Uh, your life is hidden in Christ, in God, okay? <clears throat> Again, you died, and it's not you who lives. It is Christ who lives this life through you. And the life that you live, you live with the faith of the Son of God. Can I have a proper picture, please? Yes. Of the Son of God, because now you are seated in Christ and He lives the life for you. You live and move and have your being in Him, in Christ. Okay? As Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, so are you. See yourself there. Okay? All that Jesus has, so do you. In Him, in Christ, you are a son of God. In Christ, you are the son in whom the Father is well pleased. In Christ, you have conquered death. You have the keys to death, to uh, the keys of death and hates now. And death has no dominion over you. In Christ, you are blessed with every blessing, every spiritual and physical blessing. You are blessed because He is blessed beyond imagination. In Christ, you are protected 
because all these things are under your feet. In Christ, you are holy and blameless because you have been forgiven. In Christ, you are guilt-free, condemnation-free because all this has been crucified on the cross once and for all. In Christ, you reign in life as a king. In Christ, you are powerful. You have dominion. You have authority. And you have honor. In Christ, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. In Christ, you are abundant and rich and lack nothing. In Christ, you are worthy. <clears throat> in Christ, you are seated in the beloved. <coughs> he is God's beloved son. And you are seated in him. So you are God's beloved sons. In Christ, you have God's favor that covers you like a shield. In Christ, you are successful and you are a winner. In Christ, you have freedom and liberty. In Christ, you are seated. And so you are in the Sabbath. <clears throat> in Christ, you have, you have divine health because all these things, all these things are beneath you. Okay, and in Christ, this is definite, in Christ, okay, all your promises in this position, all your promises are yes and amen. In Christ, you are the righteousness of God and all things will get added to you. Okay, in Christ, <coughs> when you lay hands, the sick will get healed, the demons will flee. And in Christ, you are more than a conqueror. Amen? <coughs> okay. Now hear this. This is the start point, And that is, in Christ, is the finishing point. The start point, finishing point. Now, the moment you accept Jesus, God has given us a shortcut. Our Father, He loved us so much, He made a shortcut. He took you from this point, A, and put you directly into the finish point. Okay? <laughs> so now, you are complete. You're complete in Him. You have everything in Him. And you are to walk out your life from that abundance. Now, there's a lot of teaching that says the moment you accept Jesus, you need to do this, you need to devote, you need to pray more, you need to serve. All this is good. But they say you need to do this to get to that end point. That is a lie. You are already there. Even if you just got saved one minute ago, you are in Christ. You've been put in Christ, you are complete. He has equipped you with everything and he's blessed you with everything. Amen? Okay, now, David did an exercise last week. 
he, he made you all close your eyes for a while, okay, and just imagine your happy place. <laughs> now we will do the exercise, we'll complete the exercise. <clears throat> so now tell me, sons, which is, where is your happy place? <laughs> yes. It is in Christ, back to your father, with your father who loves you so much. Okay, now let's read Colossians 3. Colossians 3. If then, okay, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, you have the mind of Christ. You are in Christ, you have the mind on Christ. Okay, so don't set your mind on things of the flesh, things of the world, things that are carnal, because it says in the world, to be carnally minded is death. Now you set your mind on things above, that is, what Jesus has accomplished on the cross. What is your position in Christ? And what are your inheritances in Christ? To be spiritually minded is peace and life. Okay. This is very important. Psalm 91 verse 1. Okay. So this blew my mind when I read it and I, got a, uh, I heard this revelation. Okay. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, why is this verse very important? Okay, so it is actually a requirement for the blessings of Psalm 91, which is blessings of protection to become yours. Okay, so let's go word by word. Dwell here means sit. Sit still. In, uh, in Hebrew, it's called yeshab. Sit still. Okay, secret place is, in Hebrew, is covering. Covering. Okay, and of the most high. So he who sits still in the secret covering, the covering of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, why Most High? Why Most High? Because Jesus was raised up Most High. And today you are seated in the Most High. So when you know your position where you are seated, then you will see thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 on the right side, nothing will touch you, no evil shall befall you, no plague can come near your dwelling, no, no um, angels shall be given charge over you, authority will be given to you to trample over the enemy and with long life you shall be satisfied. Amen? Okay, <clears throat> I'll share a short Quick testimony here. Um, many years back, before I came into the kingdom, I was flying to Bangkok. 
okay? And uh, my aircraft hit a turbulence, a very unexpected, severe turbulence. And uh, so the aircraft was like thrown about and I, we crashed altitudes, but we didn't crash. <laughs> we just crashed altitudes. But that experience terrified me, terrified me. And um, so I used to have a lot of anxiety while flying, even after I came into the kingdom, because the truth wasn't alive in me yet. Okay, so I used to, when I book uh, my seats, I used to book very front seats, so that less turbulence. <laughs> okay, and then one day, you know, I was booking, and uh, I said, Father, tell me which airline is the safest. <laughs> okay, and then suddenly a voice came and said, the one which you are seated on. <laughs> okay, and since then I've been pretty good. So, and so when you know your position, you know nothing can touch you, you actually give protection even to the others who are with you. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now, Deuteronomy 28. This is uh, about the blessings, promises of the blessings in Deuteronomy 28. Now, it says that the Lord, your God, will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come and overtake you. Okay? So, there is a position before the blessing. And where is this position? High above the nations. Okay, so God will set you high above all the nations in Christ. That is your position, sons. And then all these blessings shall come and overtake you. There is no escape from these blessings. It will come and smack you. It will come and overtake you. It will engulf you. There is no running away from the blessings. Okay, so what are the blessings? Just quickly. Blessed in the fruit of your body. Blessed in your work, your businesses. Blessed in your livestock. Blessed in uh, your kneading bowl, your food. Okay, blessed. Blessed in always. In your business, your accounts, your finances, your children, your marriage. All blessed. And if an enemy tries to come near you, it will come in one direction and flee in seven different directions. Amen? Okay. Now, <clears throat> now you know all these things are under your feet. Now, you might be facing something in your life. So you know that it's under your feet. But how does the matter resolve? Let's look at Mark 12, 36. Okay. For David himself said, by the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Okay? So it says here, the Lord, the Father, tells the Son, you sit at my right hand and I will make your enemies your footstool. Okay? The Father is saying this. Now, let me expound 
on the significance of the footstool. Now, in the past, in the past, when nations went to war, okay, the winning nation, what it does is it puts the, uh, the losing king, general, captains, and all the whole hierarchy, okay, puts them in cuffs and chains and just drag, they drag them around, parading, you know, to show it's a sign of victory. Then they take them, drag them before the winning king in an open, open area so that everyone can uh, watch it, can see it. And then these prisoners are made to go on their force. And what the king does, he takes his feet, places it on them, and uses them as a footstool. That is a sign of victory. So today, what is your father telling you to do? Sit still, still your mind, rest. Okay, don't rest after the matter is over. You will not get over. Sit in the midst of it. Rest in the midst of it. It's always like that. God oh, prepares a table in the presence of your enemies, not after the enemies are gone. Okay, so rest in the midst of your problem. And he says, he will make whatever challenges you're facing, whatever situation you're facing, he will make that your footstool. Okay? Now, <clears throat> now just a short um, deviation. I want to take a little bit on the uh, on Ruth, Ruth's life. Now, Ruth was married to the son of Naomi who dies. The daughter, daughter-in-law of Naomi is Ruth. Okay, Naomi goes back to her nation. Her daughter-in-law Ruth follows, and um, she tries to get favor from the eyes of Boaz, a person who can marry her and redeem her. Now, this is what Naomi tells Ruth. She says, sit still, my daughter, till the matter is finished. For the man will not rest till the matter is finished. She's referring to Boaz. So after that, Boaz performs, he negotiates, and he marries Ruth. Okay? Likewise, today, Sit still, my sons, okay? Your father will not rest until the matter is finished. <laughs> so in, all, in this, what do you see? That one, one action or one uh, application, rest. Sit, still down, still be quiet. Okay? <clears throat> also, if you see the Sabbath miracles, seven Sabbath miracles, okay? G uh, no one is supposed to move during the Sabbath. <clears throat> and uh, Jesus comes during the Sabbath. He sees the infirmities. He sees the sickness. So he comes, he sees, and he fixes. No one else is involved 
in it. Okay, likewise, it is the same for you. Just sit still and he will resolve all your problems. He will fix it. I have a testimony. I want to share a testimony of a son. Okay. This son's mother got a report that said something was malignant, a malignancy report. Okay. Now everything screamed at her saying that, oh, you have to buck up your revelation. Oh, you are not there yet. You have to pray more. You have to decree. You have to declare. And all these things came as a burden on her. But then you know what the Holy Spirit said? There is nothing to fight. There is nothing to fix. Get into rest. Okay? So she's decided not to tell anyone and rested. And a week later, the report was repeated and it came benign. Your father saw it. Your father went and your father fixed it. And all you had to do is be at rest. Now, I want to show you, I want to show you that the enemy is a defeated foe. Okay, he has no power whatsoever over you. Let's read Colossians 2.15. Then Jesus made a public, public spectacle of all the powers and principalities. Okay, sorry, I'll just, little for your understanding, these powers principalities, might, dominion, okay? We have, when God created the world, he created firmaments, okay? So the firmament was divided into the third heaven and the second heaven. So we are seated in Christ in the third heaven. All these uh, rulers of the darkness, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Principalities, powers, might, dominion, they are all rulers of the atmosphere of the second heaven. Okay, now we'll go back. So then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers, principalities of darkness, stripping away, okay, from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. They are ours now. We are seated in Christ. So they have no weapon, no authority, uh, spiritual authority over us, and no power to accuse us. Okay? Next. 1 Corinthians 15, 21. <clears throat> Okay, let's go move down to 24. After that comes the end, the completion, when he hands over, Jesus hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he made what? Inoperative and abolished every ruler, every authority and every power. So he dismantled all the rulers of the darkness. Okay, now move on, moving on to Luke 10, 17. Now the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus says, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, 
I have given you the authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and given you authority over all the power of the enemy and the enemy can uh, will not nothing will injure you cannot harm you okay so enemy has no weapon no spiritual authority no power to accuse us his whole uh, kingdom has been dismantled okay and now the authority over the power of these uh, rulers of darkness is in your hands so it's very clear that satan demons devil cannot do anything to you okay they also know that <laughs> they know that because when they see you they tremble in in the bible it says that the demon a possessed man he cries why have you come to torment us that's how it is when you walk into a room and you meet the demons you don't meet them they run away they flee from you <laughs> okay now so where is this battle going on where is the battle field physically physically the devil the demon can't touch you so where is the battle in the mind okay this is the arena where the battle the war takes place okay <clears throat> okay so now what is the what is satan's modus operandi what does he do yes he lies he is a liar okay <laughs> he he throws wicked lies at you that's all he can do and uh, yeah tricks and he tries to trick you out of your position of rest okay and also satan is known as the prosecutor what does the prosecutor do he lies about you tells oh this is wrong with you that is wrong you're incompetent blah blah okay so the satan lies that's all he does now it says in 1 peter 5:8 be alert and be sober minded now you have the mind of christ start discerning your thoughts whose thoughts are this where is it from discern and be alert okay your adversary the devil prowls around like like a roaring lion he is not a roaring lion he is a lion with a teeth so he prowls around like a roaring roaring lion looking for someone to devour so what does this devour mean to swallow you up in deception okay it's all deception now who gets who gets devoured it's the one who is not alert and the one who's not conscious of his position not conscious that all these things are already under his feet and gets out of his rest that's his modus operandi he gets you out of your position of rest he makes you run after that problem and try to fix it in your own efforts <clears throat> he will say oh this is not done you're so irresponsible oh you're incompetent this failed okay and that gets you out of rest and you start running instead of 
resting in the truth of who your father says you are, who you are in Christ. So how, what do you do? What does the Bible say we need to do? Do. Take no thought. Don't take thought. That is why it keeps saying, take no thought. Take no thought. Because not all thoughts are from you. It's from the devil as well. Now you discern it. Take no thought. Cast down the thoughts that accuse you. Cast down vain imaginations and uh, mental strongholds to the obedience of Christ. And, and it also says in Revelation 12, okay, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb, what Jesus did on the cross, and by the word of their testimony. Okay, whose word? The Father's word. What the Bible says about you. That's how you overcome. Let's look at Jesus' life. Okay, and uh, this, when he was in the wilderness, Satan came to tempt him, to get him out of his position of rest. So he said, he knows that Jesus is the son of God. So when, Jesus, uh, when devil comes to you, he knows you all are son of, sons of God. Okay, but he will tempt you. He said, turn the stone into bread. Jump down so that the angels will bear you up. Okay, he said all these things. Now, what did Jesus do? What was his response? Did he get out of his rest to prove his sonship? No. He rested in who the father said he is. He is the son whom the father is well pleased with. Okay, he was confident in that and he just used the word what the father says about him and spoke it to the devil. Then the devil knew, okay, this son knows that he knows that he knows that he's a son of God. Let's run and it flee, it fled. Okay, the other way is, uh, not the other way, the Bible says, use the armor of God. I think two weeks back, Hebron spoke about the armor of God. He put an amazing image of the armor, okay? So now, the armor of God is a spiritual armor. It is not a physical armor, although likened to the armor of the Roman soldiers. Basically, they are truths from the Bible. And there are seven of them that can be used to withstand the trickery of the devil. Let's read. <clears throat> Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, not run, not go after the problem. Stand still against the wiles of the devil. What is that? Tricks of the devil. The devil can only do one thing. It can trick you into deception. Remember that. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So we don't fight 
Okay, we don't fight against the devil in flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Don't do anything. Just stand and know what the armor is. Okay? Stand, therefore. Again, three times stand. Stand, therefore. The first article. Having girded your waist with truth. Second article. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Third article. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Fourth article. Taking the shield of faith with which you be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Fifth article, helmet of salvation. And the sixth article, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Seventh article, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Praying in tongues. Okay, so I'm going to go through this one by one. Now, the belt of truth. So I was taught in my early days that before I start my day, I put on the armor of God. So I put on the helmet, click. I put on the, <laughs> I put on the breastplate of righteousness, click. I put on the, uh, the belt of truth, click. So all the seven articles, okay? But that's not how it is. This is what is already been given to us in the gospel. Okay? So the belt of truth is when you encounter truth, the truth will always set you free. So what does the devil do? Devil lies. Right? Now this truth will come and just tear it into pieces. Tear those lies into pieces. Okay? So you will be set free. And the belt is a vital, it's a very vital article. It holds up the rest, rest of the six articles or five articles. Okay, I'll show you. Next is breastplate of righteousness, your heart. This is a very important area in, in terms of the physical armor. It is also so for us spiritually. The righteousness of God. Okay, so here is to be established in the righteousness of God. That is, you are right with God, not because of what you have done and not done, because that is what the enemy will come to accuse you, come to lie to you. Oh, you didn't do this. So God is angry with you. Oh, you didn't do that. There is judgment for you. Okay, it is based on what was paid, what was done on the cross by Jesus. <clears throat> okay. Next, having shod your feet with preparation of the gospel of peace. Now the gospel, gospel, uh, so this is basically the firm foundation. You are getting founded firmly in the gospel of the finished work of Jesus Christ, okay, which leads to 
peace. So your firm footing, firm foundation in that gospel, in the gospel of the finished work. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Now in the diagram it shows it's a metal one piece. But the shield of faith is all encompassing. It just covers you all over, all over. It's a very powerful thing, okay? And uh, it says, you, it says you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Fiery darts. What are these? These are lies, okay? In the in reality, darts. These darts mean spears, javelin. Okay, so the enemy tries to throw it at you, fiery darts at you, thoughts coming. And what does it say? Quench it, quench the fiery darts. How do you quench fire? How do you quench fire? Water. So where does the water come from? The spring in the spirit. Okay, when you pray in tongues, you know what happens? Rivers of living waters will quench all the fiery darts, okay? If you get a sudden attack of thoughts, horrible thoughts, suicidal thoughts, depressive thoughts, immediately start praying in tongues. All these fiery darts will be quenched, okay? Now, the helmet, take the helmet of salvation. Okay, what does it mean? It's all finished. You are saved for eternity. But there are people who say that there are certain things that we do and don't do, we lose our salvation. Have you heard that? Now tell me, you're seated in Christ. You in Christ, Christ in you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Can you lose your salvation? No, it is for eternity. Don't let anyone, don't let this lie which is from the pit of hell. Don't let it come to you. Then the next is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay. Now the Bible says the word is living, alive, living, powerful and sharper than, sharper than a double-edged sword. So a double-edged sword cuts two ways. If it is sharper, what does it do? Cut in all ways, okay? It is like a, a laser beam, okay? Which is so sharp, it just pierces through everything. Now, when a life, a lie comes, you speak the word of God. Do you know what you're doing? You're shredding that lie into pieces. That's what you're doing by using the word of God. And the same word of God, when you speak it, will give life into the situation, into your body. Okay? And it also says, the word of God, it can discern, is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, the last article, praying always, with all your prayers, constantly, all your prayers, pray it in the spirit. Pray in tongues constantly. Okay? Now, sons, you are 
more than conquerors. You have been given all things. You have been equipped with all things to reign this life as more than conquerors. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, before concluding, now see this image. Can you see that silhouette? Okay, that is you, us, me, seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, demons, sin, death, disease, poverty, bondages, curses, and every name that is to come. In this age and that is to come. Okay? And all these things have been put as your footstool under your feet. It is not under the footstool. It is your footstool. Your feet is on all these things. Amen? Okay, now let's take a spiritual tithe. Everyone stand. I thank you, Father, that I'm a son in your kingdom. Jesus, you are our high priest. We give you a tithe of all the revelation, all the increase, all the truth, and all the life that we have received today. And let's worship him with Father, I pray that this word, the truth, shall set us all free and we will increase in this revelation. In Jesus' name, amen.